Hallelujah. All right. We are in the book of First Samuel. And today we are going to be doing chapter 31. Hallelujah. We done made it to the end of another book. This is the last chapter of First Samuel, chapter 31. And it what a wonderful ride it has been. Hallelujah. So I just want to thank and praise Yah for seeing us through, you know, to the end. You know, and you know, we were looking at this book in the sense of, you know, how it represented the end times and and um much of the stuff that's going on in the here and now. Amen. Amen. And you know, and it it didn't. You know, it didn't uh, disappoint, you know, at all. I mean, it was it was just, it was packed, you know. Um, and this last, even this last chapter, is, it still speaks to what's to come, you know, what may be very soon to come. Right. So with no further ado, let's jump right in. So Genesis, I mean Genesis. See, that, that's what happens when you do Genesis like four or five times, right? You know, <laughs> you know. I, I don't know. I, I don't spend so much time in Genesis. Um, matter of fact, let me have the first reader read First Samuel thirty-one, one and two. How about that? Now Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons. And the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and Machalshua, Saul's son. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We see that the Philistines are fighting against Israel. And, and, and we've been going through this book long enough where everyone should be familiar with the Philistines and what they represent, i.e. those who are out of faith, you know, um, but with the belief you know, that they don't have to do any works. So these are the faith without works um, folks, you know, and they're fighting against the Israelites, which are folks that's wrestling with good and evil and, and seeking to prevail by holding on the good. That is Elohim, you know, and all that that entails. So here it is, they're fighting and says the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Geboa. Now, Mount Gabor, um, well, Gabor specifically speaks to a fountain of bubbling. So the mountain here speaks to the love of the world uh, in a negative sense. The love of the world and the fountain of Gabor found within the mountain speaks to spiritual truths. You know, so here it is. We see a picture of them fighting, you know, in, in place that represents the love of the world and you have spiritual truths, you know, that's also there. You know, now keep in mind that this speaks to, you know, uh, like our day and time or the last days, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm presuming that we're in the last days, but it speaks to, you know, those are the last days. And so verse two said that they followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons. And it names his sons, Jonathan of Benadab, and Malkishua. Okay, and Jonathan speaks to Yah's gift. My father, uh, Abinadab, uh, speak, uh, means my father is willing, 
and Malkishua, my king, is well. You know, and so here it is. We see that the Philistines are following hard. They're on Saul, who name speaks to uh, his desires, speaks to um, our desires or desire, you know. And so we see a, a picture of our desires, you know, and Yah's gift and Yah and Yah's willingness, you know, and unfortunately, their king as well. You know, so the scripture is teaching us that there will come a time in the last days when the Philistines, when those who have faith with our works, will fight against those of us who are trying to hold on to Elohim by walking, you know, in his will way and purposes and will cause Israel to fall in their um, love of the world during a time when spiritual truths will be bubbling forth, you know, and they will fall because who will fall is, is out of part of Israel whose desires are ruling over, who are using Yah's gift to serve their desires, to serve Saul, who's using their father's willingness, you know, to serve their desires. And to those whose king is well, they will all fall during this time. Now, if we continue, 1 Samuel 31.3 says, and the battle went sore against Saul and the archers hit him and he was sore wounded of the archers. So here it is. We see Saul, he gets sorely wounded of the archers. Now, I believe we went over this before, but I can't remember if it was actually in this series. You know, uh, but the archers speaks to those who shoot arrows. And arrows, spiritually speaking, speaks to words. You know, so let's take a look at um, some passages that support this. Psalm 64, 3 and 4 says, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect or complete. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. And so hereby we learn that spiritually speaking, arrows and speak to bitter words. Amen. Also, let us consider Yahoo 9.8. It says their tongue is as an arrow shot out. It speak of deceit. One speaketh peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, but in heart he layeth his way. And so again, we see that an arrow is a type of deceit. Amen. You know, it's a type of word that's uh, um, that's spoken in deceit. Also, let us consider Proverbs 25, 18. It says, a man that bear false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. And so hereby we, we learn that an arrow can also speak to one that's bearing false witness, which again is deceit. You know, and um, my last uh, example is Proverbs 26, 18 and 19. Says, as a madman who calls who casts a firebrand, arrows and death, 
so is the man that deceiveth his neighbor and saith, am not I in sport? Or am I not joking? You know, I'm just joking. I'm just playing. You know, no, you don't play when you're casting, casting fire brands and arrows and death, right? You know, but we see that the arrows, again, are likened to deceit. You know, and so this is very important because, you know, we see Saul getting shot by arrows. So spiritually speaking, we seeing, you know, the one who's ruling with their desires, ruling that their desires are ruling over them, will be shot by bitter words. They'll be shot by deceit. They will be shot by false witness, you know, um, a word of false witness, a word of deceit. Can you see that? You know, and so this is what will cause them to die in the last days. You know, they'll be defeated by words of deceit, by arrows, you know. See, and a lot of times, you know, like people think of, you know, the last time, the end days and, and the end time prophecies and, and they equate, you know, like the times of war to physical times of war, you know, well, it's not that arrows are obsolete, but they using guns these days. Amen. Amen. You know, um, scripture is using this, this terminology to show you something different, right. you know, because the war that's, that, that's going to be spoke, that's going to be um, dealt with in the last days is likely going to be one of words, you know, and like arrows, words can go through stuff it can go through windows it can go through you know um go through many things and it can lodge into you and, you know and it's an old saying that you know licks hurt um words hurt worse than licks yes. you know so i want you to consider this though that they were defeated by words of deceit because the end time prophecies speak of this very thing. And we'll see as we continue on. Let me have my next reader read 1 Samuel 31, 4 through 6, please. Uh, I'm sorry, go to 7. Then Saul said unto his armor bearer, draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer would not, for he was afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. So Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men that same day together. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley, and they saw they were on the other side of Jordan, saw the men of Israel fled, and Saul and his sons were dead. They forsook the cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. Um, we see in verses four through six that Saul wasn't didn't actually die from the arrow. You know, um, we're, we're told that he was he was wounded, 
you know, he was greatly wounded, you know, and so he told his armor bearer, you know, to thrust him through, you know, but his armor bearer would armor bearer wouldn't do it because he was, of course, Yah's anointed. You know, so therefore he took a sword and fell upon it himself. You know, and so it says that, you know, he his sons and his armor bearer that, uh, who followed suit, they all um, died that day um, together. So Saul falling upon the sword actually speaks to him accepting the truth. You know, we all know that the sword represents the truth, Ephesians 6, right? You know, um, so Saul falling upon the sword speak to him accepting the truth of the matter. You know, so before he um, died, or in the midst of his eye, you know, he accepts the truth. You know, hence he won't die deceived as his sons likely did, but will receive and accept the truth prior to dying. Kind of kind of um sounds like the uh, male factor on the torture stake next to Yahshua. Uh, you know, and that's not to say that, you know, uh what his 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 overall outcome is going to be. I'm not speaking of that at all. Uh, I just couldn't help but but see that correlation. You know, now verse seven said, when the men of Israel were on the other side of the valley and they that were on the other side of Jordan saw that the men of Israel fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled. Now this is a real important passage right here because this also speaks to the end time prophecies and in the end time prophecies it actually speaks of um y'all's people fleeing the cities amen uh, let's let's take a look at uh where it speaks of this in yermiyahu or um jeremiah 51 43 through 46 it says her cities are a desolation a dry land in the wilderness a land wherein no man dwelleth neither do of any son of man pass thereby. And I will punish Baal in Babylon, and I will bring forth out of his mouth that which he have swallowed up, the nations shall not flow together anymore unto him, yea, the wall of Babylon shall fall. Now, I want to stop right here just for a second, you know, because it speaks of her cities being a desolation, a dry land, and a wilderness, a land wherein no man dwelleth, neither do of any son pass thereby. Nevertheless, there are people living there. How do we know that? We know that from verse 5. I mean, verse 45. It says, my people go ye out of the midst of her and deliver ye every man his soul from the fierce anger of Yahuwah. You know, so how can y'all tell his people to leave out of her if no, if there's no one living in her? See, what what's what's being um what's being presented is that even though there's people there, they are dead. You know, and they and Babylon has become like a wilderness, a wilderness of people, if you would. You know, whereas you know, there, there's a bunch of people, but there's still no man dwelleth and no sun pass thereby. That is none with life. So it's still a type of wilderness. And hence it caused 
uh, there's his, her cities, a desolation, a dry land, a wilderness. You know, and this is just aligns with what y'all said here, bring his people into a wilderness of people, you know. Now, but in verse 45, he clearly says, my people go ye out of the midst of her and deliver ye every man his soul from the fierce anger of Yahoo in verse 46. Unless your heart faint. Now, this, this, is, this, this is huge. Unless your heart faint. Why? And ye fear for the rumor that shall be heard in the land. A rumor shall come one year, and after that, in another year, shall come a rumor. And violence in the land, ruler against ruler. Now, this is huge because this rumor speaks to, like, a news report. Uh -huh. You know, and he's saying, ye, he said, Lead, get up out of her, leave up out of her, my people, lest your heart faint, lest you become fearful, and ye fear for the rumor, the news report that shall be heard in the land. Now, that's, I think, is more than a coincidence, you know, seeing that, you know, there's a rumor going around. You know, that came a couple years ago. Yes. Started, you know, it, one year, and then the next year, this rumor is still going around. Says so a rumor shall both come one year, and after that, in another year, shall come a rumor. And then it says, in violence in the land, ruler against ruler. You know, and it just, it just, um, interesting, I'll say, that. You know, now there's a war, you know, over in the same vicinity of where the original Babylon actually was. It was actually in the region where war is, is taking place right now. You know, and I'm just saying that to say it's interesting. So don't nobody say Pastor Obadiah said nothing. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, but this aligns with what we read in Revelation 18 as well. 18, 2 through 4 says, and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and it's become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies and i heard another voice from heaven saying come out of her my people that ye be not partakers of her sin that ye receive not of her plagues. Hmm. Just so happened to be a plague going around here today. Also, let us consider 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12. It says, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Adonai shall consume with the ruach of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness 
of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now get this. And for this cause, Elohim shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Sound like a rumor to me. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I'm here to tell you, you better learn what the will, way, and purposes yep. of Elohim is. Yep. You better learn what Yah loves. You better learn what the truth is versus what the lie is. Stop listening to rumors. Come out of her, my people. Turn the ignorant box off. Stop listening to the reports. Why? Because it says, lest ye fear. Where it go? It was somewhere up in here. But it was, lest ye fear for the rumor that shall be heard in the land. So what is Yah saying? He's saying, if you listen, if you keep listening to it, you're going to fear. Yes. Is that not what he's saying? Yes. He says, lest your heart faint. And ye fear for the rumor that shall be heard in the land. That would not be in your best interest. This is why he's telling you not to do it. Amen. So, you know, and then here in 2 Thessalonians, we see that Elohim says he shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. You know, and then also let us consider uh, what Yahshua said in Matthew 24, 16 through 18. He says, then let them which be in Yahuda flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down and take anything out of his house, not let him which is in the field return back and take his clothes. So again, we see a fleeing from the cities. Yeah, yeah. Just like 1 Samuel said. Amen. You know, 1 Samuel 31 is showing you a picture of Saul and his sons dying due to a message of deceit. Scripture puts forth a revelation that of things that will happen in the end times that will cause people to die because of a message of deceit. I don't know. Last time I checked, two and three was still five. I'm just saying. Let me have my next reader read 1 Samuel 31, 8 through 10. And it came to pass in the morrow when the Philistines came to strip the, to strip the slain that they found Saul and his three sons falling in Mount Deborah. And they cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent into the land of Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And they put his armor in the house of Astara. As, yeah, Astara. And they fastened his uh, body to the wall of uh, Beth Shan. Hallelujah. All right. <clears throat> 
Now, we want to kind of get this because this is something to look out for, you know. So it speaks of him cutting off his head, stripping off his armor, you know, and putting his armor in the house of Astaroth and fastening his body to the wall of Bethshan. Now, Astaroth speaks to increase or riches. And it can also speak to a star. Then we have Bethshan, which speaks to a house of ease. You know, now think about this for a second. You know, I want you to think about who Saul is and what he represents and his, his sons. You know, so the cutting off of Saul's head speaks to the cutting off of the knowledge, wisdom, and understandings concerning the desires of Israel, because that's what Saul represents. Mm -hmm. He represents the desires of Israel that was ruling over Israel. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, so the cutting off of his head, which is where your knowledge, wisdom, and understanding is kept, you know, speaks to those uh, desires of Israel, you know, and to strip off Saul's armor and to put it in the house of Astaroth, speak to the utilization of the same arguments that Saul utilized um, to defend his wicked desires are now going to be used to defend the house concern, the house or the mind that's concerned with riches. So folks are going to be using the same things that he used to justify you know, obtaining his desires. Israel is going to be use, utilizing the same arguments that was used to justify them, you know, acquiring their, their wicked desires or fleshly desires to actually, you know, uh, defend the mind who's just going after riches. And you can already see that kind of going on uh, with the prosperity message, you know, prosperity gospel, if you would. You know, um, in how they tell you, you know, hey, you know, I right, look at us, you know, we, you know, we're rich because we're blessed, you know, and, you know, all they're concerned with is riches, you know, and that's not what it's about. You know, lastly, the fast and Saul's body to the wall of Bethshan speaks to applying his will and actions, i.e. the reasons why and um, and the ways of is that Israel went about doing things to help keep the house of ease or the mind of ease, you know. So uh, they're utilizing the same thought patterns, the same, you know, to defend their 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 doctrines, you know, in the same way that Saul did, you know, those who was just trying to satisfy their desires, you know, they were using certain doctrines of scripture, you know, to support that, you know, look at, look at Abraham, look at the, um, all the um, ancient saints, David, Solomon, they were rich. Y'all wants you to be rich too, you know, and, you know, if you're not, then you're doing something wrong, you know, and uh, this sort of thing, you know, so that's really, that's really important. That's going to play a part because in order to to obtain riches, to be at ease, you're going to have to go along to get along. Say la. Let me have my um, next reader read First Samuel thirty-one eleven through thirteen, please. 
And when the inhabitants of Gabish Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men rose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his son from the wall of Bashan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. Hallelujah. And Yabesh Gilead speaks to a dry heap of testimony. You know, um, and so we see the burning of their bodies and the burning of their bones is simply a picture of Yah destroying wickedness out of Israel. The burial of their bones speak of Saul and his sons becoming father uh, for a holy principle um, that or that a holy principle might stand concerning what not to do in Israel. Because if we don't learn anything else by Saul, we learn what not to do. Amen. You know, and that principle is that Israel should not reject Yah as their king by striving to be like the world who has men to reign over them. Yah is our king and Yah knows best. Hence, we're not to insist that our desires rule over us. And this is the same thing that was, this is what was done back in the time of um, Saul when he first became king, you know, people rejected Yah as king. Why? Because they wanted what they wanted. They wanted their desires.
be a vessel to be used by Yah. And in doing so, you know, he done wondrous things. You know, so I pray that we can all learn the lesson from First Samuel. That's all I have for you today. Pray and bless. Hallelujah.